Our next guest has been following the Hunter Biden case big time and, in fact, had a bombshell report of his own. He's had a lot of them regarding this, uh, talking about also some text messages that came out recently uh, tied to Hunter Biden and Joe Biden that also show maybe Joe knew a lot more about his son's business dealings than he has ever exposed And joining us now is the author of that great big blockbuster, John Solomon, who is the founder of Just the News. John, great to have you here on the show. Great to be with you, Rita. You know, you've had some great scoops on this. Um, First off, let me just ask you about Merrick Garland, because the attorney general today, as you know, was grilled uh, before a Senate committee. And they were basically saying, you know what? Isn't it time for a special counsel? And how do we really know that Joe Biden and you, Merrick Garland, are not interfering with the investigation of of his son? He clearly loves his son. He calls him the smartest guy he knows. And we know that he is definitely being investigated by that grand jury. Yeah, listen, if uh, Muhammad Ali were alive today, he'd be very proud of Merrick Garland. He did the rope-a-dope for most of the hearing today, uh, ducked on most of the questions, weaved on others. Uh, He was unequivocal. He said, absolutely not. The president will not interfere in this, uh, and I won't interfere with it. I'm going to let this go. Now, when I look at my reporting, what I'm seeing out in Delaware is a prosecutor, a Trump holdover, a wife who is actually uh, conducting an investigation with a lot of activity before the grand jury. The activities of the U.S. Attorney's Office in Delaware are very similar to what we saw John Durham doing last summer before he indicted Michael Sussman, and then Igor Danchenko back-to-back in the Russia collusion case. So right now it does seem like the prosecutor has free reign that he is investigating. He is calling the right people before the grand jury, people that we have seen show up in emails and business deals. So they seem to be asking for the right people, talking to the right persons, uh, asking a lot of the right questions. Who's the big guy? Those are some of the questions that have come up. And I, I think at this point we have to watch and see what happens. I think there are some in the Republican Party who would like to see a special counsel. Here's the bad news about that from the other side. The other side says, and when I mean this, there are other Republicans who are worried that if you start a special counsel, it starts all over. This gets kicked past the election. We're in 2023, maybe even 2024, before we know what happens. Look how long it took for Durham to bring his first charges two, three years into his investigation. So there's a split thought in the Republican Party about this. Some would like to see the special counsel to have the independence. Some worry that it would slow down something that seems to be speeding to towards a a criminal indictment. So uh, I thought there were two other headlines of Merrick Garland. I'll just quickly point out, because I think they're both uh, can be attributed to the failures of the Biden administration. He was asked about the potential of a terror attack, and he said he's very worried about ISIS-K coming in from Afghanistan. Well, how did that happen? Well, because of the way we exited uh, Afghanistan under Joe Biden and the way that we failed to vet Afghan refugees before they were coming to the country, at least 23 we know had terrorist ties and were still led into this country by the Biden administration. Second thing, he was very honest about Title 42. Once it's lifted, the border's going to get way, way worse. So two interesting answers by Merrick Garland that go to the policy failures of President Biden. Yeah, it is interesting. It was like when I was watching it, it was like, uh, well, we don't really have a solution. In other words, okay, when 42 is lifted, it's going to be a disaster. Yep. And yes, we do have 
issues with security, as you mentioned, ISIS-K, again, vis-a-vis security. I think about uh, rising crime across this country. There was a question about how do we combat that, and he was like, well, you know, we sort of need to look here. He he didn't have like – it just made it feel like it was rudderless from the top, and this is our top, you know, law enforcement guy. So that – I agree with you. It was a major, major concern. And the way he talks about ISIS-K and terrorists, you would think that kind of an answer would be the right answer is we'll secure our border. We'll protect our border, you know, as opposed to, well, we're going to lift Title 42. That's really a way to secure our country, you know. Exactly. Yeah. No, listen, I think a lot of Americans already figured out this administration is going to do nothing on the border. Uh, it is, you know, it, it's a crisis that is already at epic proportions and should Title 42 be lifted. I've heard estimates from the Border Patrol, from some of the Congress people who've been down at the border in the last few days, 18,000 illegal immigrants a day. That's 500, 600,000 a month, a surge like any, unlike anything in American history. And you understand now why some folks like uh, Kerry Lake and uh, Mark Burnovich in Arizona and Ken Paxton in Texan, Texas are talking about this being treated as an invasion. That many people coming across the border unchecked feels like an invasion to some of those border states. Yeah, it is a huge, huge concern. Um, John, do me a favor. Can you stick with us? Because I, I want to carry you over to the next break and get more sure. into the Hunter Biden because you have done some explosive stuff. Um, and I want to get an update from you. You mentioned about the grand jury seems to be doing some key work. Um, obviously, they're looking at taxes. They're looking at lobbying issues. There's a whole bunch of stuff. And when we come back, everybody, we're going to talk more with John Solomon of Just the News. How far away does he think maybe an indictment could come? And how close will this go to the president who says he doesn't know anything about his son's business dealings? We're going to talk about that and also take your calls after the break. 1-800-848-9222. Well, someone who is sharing what he knows is investigative journalist John Solomon with Just the News. He continues now here on the Rita Cosby Show. John I want to get back with you and ask you a question specifically about the grand jury. What exactly is there a potential they could come back with if they if they come back with an indictment? Um, and how far away? You said that you think it's going to happen soon. Are we talking weeks? Are we talking months? Yeah, listen, right now the activity that you see before the grand jury is sort of consistent with what you see one to two months out before an indictment is handed up by the grand jury. Now, no one knows what this grand jury is going to do. We don't know exactly what they've heard. We have little glimpses and hints of it from witnesses and lawyers who are familiar with it. But uh, right now, it's extremely active. And you, it's, it's only, uh, the best comparison I have is it's exactly what I saw last August and September in the grand jury in Washington, D.C., before uh, – John Durham brought those two blockbuster indictments against Michael Sussman and Igor Danchenko in the Clinton-Russia collusion hoax. And so uh, the activity is very similar, very active, uh, same sort of questions, same sort of people coming through. Uh, And I think the grand jury is looking at several things. When you listen to the witnesses, one of the questions is tax evasion. Did he he fail to pay taxes? We know for sure he failed to pay taxes because there are letters on his laptop that we wrote about two years ago that show that he was told – in 16, 2016, at the end of his father's vice presidential term, you never paid taxes on all that money you got from Burisma, the Ukrainian company. Think about that. You take large payments from a foreign gas company and you don't pay taxes on it. Pretty, uh, pretty uh, audacious thing to do. We, we know they're looking at foreign lobbying. Was he trying to uh, influence the United States government directly or indirectly on behalf of foreign uh, clients? Uh, did he fail to re- properly register as a foreign lobbyist? 
And then there's a, a, another element of this that has come in more recently, and it's best summarized by a document we turned up about six months ago at Just the News. It's an affidavit from two of Hunter Biden's former business partners, uh, John Galanis, the father, and James Galanis, the son. They were both business associates. They both got convicted in a tribal scheme that several of Hunter Biden's par uh, business partners have been sentenced to prison over, fleecing an Indian tribe here in America of millions of dollars. Uh, and in their effort to win leniency, they went to the appeals court and John Galanis wrote an affidavit saying, hey, listen, here's what was really going on with Hunter Biden. It was an influence peddling scheme. It was a pay to play. They would take millions of dollars from foreigners and promise them access to people in Washington. And some of the people have gone before the grand jury. Some of their lawyers are telling me that's one of the focal points. They're being asked, was all this money being paid to Hunter Biden not for services rendered, such as on Ukraine, where he didn't have gas expertise? Was it simply money to get access to the very uh, people that these foreigners wanted to do, use a backdoor, Hunter Biden's backdoor, to get his father and other senior administration officials back in the day? And we know from a story I did a couple weeks ago there are at least five documented meetings that we've been able to show at Just the News where Joe Biden sat and met or had contact with Hunter Biden's business partners. One was in Beijing in 2013 when he met the future uh, business partner of Hunter Biden when he opened up an investment uh, fund there. Another was his Ukrainian business partner from Burisma. Another was uh, people associated with uh, a Russian oligarch. So we know there are multiple instances where Joe Biden actually was meeting with the very people doing business with his son, and the grand jury is being asked to look at this question, was that a pay-to-play scheme? Was that a corrupt pay-to-play scheme? And I think that's one of the questions they're wrestling with right now. And by the way, think about the timing, and I know you understand it. I mean, here we're dealing with so much going on vis-a-vis China, vis-a-vis Russia. I mean, of all times right now, that's why I think it is extremely relevant. And he has maintained, the president's maintained, I've never met, you know, my son's business partners. And now there's also a couple series of reports that have come out that basically say they were at the White House some 20 times. So what, he didn't know who his son was dealing with, but they showed up at the White House 20 times? You know, that's a pretty coveted invitation. Yeah, listen, one of the things we do know is that the original stories that Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, the Biden campaign gave the American people, in fact, that the Democrats gave the American people during the first Trump impeachment story, they have been obliterated. They were false at the time. They were as false as Russia collusion was in 2016. And so that reckoning hasn't been fully there. The media put Hunter Biden in a protection bubble all through 2020. They hid the laptop. They hid the stories I was doing at the Hill. Now we're beginning to see that government officials, campaign officials, podium spokespeople, the president himself, when he looked in the camera multiple times, clearly didn't tell us the truth. And one thing we're now certain of is that Joe Biden and Hunter Biden's finances were commingled. You mentioned the New York Post story. That actually quotes work that we did a few weeks ago. Hunter Biden uh, in 2020 had lent his father so much money that his father actually signed over his Delaware tax refund in 2010. This is when the, Joe Biden is the vice president trying to pay back some of the money his son had been spending on his behalf. That included repairs at a, a beach home, a regular phone bill that he was paying on behalf of the vice president. 
years go by, 10 years later, and it's flipped around. At the end of the uh, relationship going into the 2020 election, all of a sudden Joe Biden is being listed in emails as he's going to pick up hundreds of thousands of dollars of bills that now Hunter Biden owes. So they had a symbiotic, intertwined financial relationship over a decade, from 2009 to 2019. Now irrefutable. It's documented well. But at the time, the president looked into our cameras and said, I have no business dealings with my son. That's his business. Everything's above board. We now know so many of the stories they told us as they tried to win uh, election. the election in 2020 were outright lies. They were falsehoods, and we're just beginning to get a sense of just how big that false portrait was. Wow. Well, that is stunning. And again, um, I've seen the reports, um, a lot of them, again, quoting you guys as like $800,000, and you yeah. also have information on these text messages just like you said, it defies logic. And the White House still continues to say he doesn't have any you know, connection with his son's business dealings. It's just his son's dealing. He has no idea. Um, and they maintain that. And yet there seems to be mounting evidence by far to the contrary. Thank you so much, John. Great work. And everybody check out Just the News and all the great reporting by John Solomon there. He is breaking this stuff left and right. John, thank you. Thanks, Rita. Have a great night. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.